Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. Hey, at the end of the show, we're going to ask you to do a favor for us and share this podcast with another contractor that might need some help and give us a like and follow and review us and all that good stuff. Also, we want to remind you about our free Facebook group, the Contractor Profit Group. We got lots of great conversations happening in there. You can network with other contractors and get some help in your business. We also have some free tips and things going on in there. Or if you're looking to step your game up in your business and you want some uh, some actual coaching, we do have a paid group called the Profit Club. You can find out more about that at our website, hammerandgrind.com forward slash the Profit Club. So my question to everyone listening right now is... Do you want to dominate or not? Domination. Dude, I just got to tell you, like when you, as soon as you said that, like Pantera just dropped in my eardrums. Like my, one of my all time favorite songs is called Domination from Pantera. And like, if, if you, if you know, if you're a metalhead and you know that song, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. I hope you got goosebumps ripping up your arm, up your arms right now. And you're like, yes, I want to dominate. And if you're like, well, you know, domination, you know, like, I don't know, then just like, you know, click next and don't even finish listening to the podcast. But if you want to dominate, pay attention. Yeah, I mean, domination obviously is a powerful word, right? Like you can win. You can win at life. You can win at business and not dominate. But if you want to dominate, if you want to dominate your market, if you want to dominate your niche, if you want to dominate your competition, if you just want to plain, straight out dominate, there's some things you have to do in your business. And so we're going to talk today about what we call the profit funnel. And Eric and I believe that this is the formula that you need in your business to be able to dominate. I want to set this up a little bit first because, you know, I'm an I personality. I want people to like me. I want to like people. I want to have this good, good conversations and good community. And like, I want my competitors to win. I, I really want to state this right now because I think a lot of people misconstrue the, the, the meaning and the, and the, the way I'm interpreting domination. Like, I want my competitors to win and I'll actually reach back and grab their hand and pull them forward. And you know why I'm reaching back and pulling them forward? It's because I'm fucking dominating them. I want to dominate. I want to. I want to win at all levels. I want to market. I want to like. I want to be the best possible service in my area. Like, it's my goal to be better than them and then be better than myself, right? So, like, I really want to state that. Like, I want my competition to win. I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, do. I want like my my closest competitor that like we grind against each other and we don't like each other sometimes. Like, I want him to make enough money to where he can send his daughter to like the ultimate dance classes and take her to the zoos whenever. Like I want him to win really bad. 
So this is like this really weird, it's a, it's a really weird thing to think about. Well, I want to dominate them, but I don't want to, I don't want to crush them. I don't want them to lose. I want them to win too. Yeah, we're not talking about scorched earth here. We're not trying to just burn everything down to the ground behind us, right? We we want to dominate our competition and we want them to win too as long as they get second place. Yeah, I I mean, I want to <laughs> I want to wake up and piss excellence, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just like I want to be Talladega Knights. Like listen, I, it's just the way it is. I but I want them to win and like as long as I'm winning, I'm going to reach back and and like help them. I want to like go like, "Hey bro, like Maybe you should make some adjustments here and like that will be helpful, you know? But see, here's the thing. Like, I think there's a healthy competition and actually I call it co-opetition, a cooperating competition. Like I want, I want to cooperate with my competition and I want to like inspire them with my domination. You know what I mean? And I want them to be like, I got to be better, you know? And I want, I want to be inspired because they're trying to catch me. Like that, that's like the, that's the mindset you got to have. Well, I mean, listen, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast or have a coaching group or, or a Facebook group if we didn't want others to win as well, right? I mean, like that's the purpose is to be able to reach out to your competitors and others and help them out. It's kind of a, you know, obviously it's a uh, polarizing statement, kind of a play on words. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to like dominate someone that we make them go out of business, right? Like we don't want our co- competitors to go out of business because we just take all the business away from them. That's not a goal of ours, but if that happens, you know, that's nothing we can do about that, right? So, but what we can do is we can, re, you know, give out the olive branch and be like, hey, you know, Mr. Competitor, I see you're struggling in your business. Why don't you try these things? And why don't you see if they help you? Right, for sure. For sure. So like, I think we set the stage. I just wanted to like, I, I wanted to set that whole whole thing up. And then, so like, I'd love to talk about like the profit funnel and like the way the philosophy behind the way we think about business. And and maybe this, this will help be a catalyst to get people to want to dominate. Yeah. I want to tell a quick story real quick, since you talked about that, because several years ago, I don't remember maybe four or five years ago, there was a new company, a new handyman business in town where I live and, you know, they were new competition and I knew them through a third party and and she recommended that we get together and stuff. And I was like, at the time I was looking for like a lead carpenter. And I was like, I'll go meet with this guy. Maybe I can uh, convince him to give it up and come work for me. Right? Like that was the goal of the meeting. That's not a bad plan. I mean, that that is actually a, a successful formula. Just, I want to, I, w- I want to say that it is like you're a genius by that. Right. So I, I mean, I knew that he was new and that he was struggling a little bit and I know it's a hard industry. So I was like, I'll meet him. So we met at Starbucks. I know it's your favorite. We met at Starbucks and we had a meeting and I was just filling him out. Like I didn't go there with the purpose of like, I'm going to try and get you to hire me. I was just asking about his business, these things. And he started asking me some questions. And at the end of the meeting, it was obvious that he wasn't ready to give up on his business yet. Right. So I didn't even ask. I didn't even give him the offer. But that formed a, a relationship with him. And I mean, he is my biggest competitor and he lives like two miles down the road from me. So we see each other at the store. We run into Home Depot or whatever. And we'll, you know, we'll sit and talk for 15, 20 minutes sometimes about business. And, you know, he's, he's come up in the business over the last several years. I mean, he's, he's done better. He actually merged with another guy and they started a business together. but 
as much as I want him to win and be successful at business, I still want to dominate him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still want to beat him. This is a really interesting point because this competitive spirit is it's what makes people grow. Like, if you don't have competition, there's no, there's no leveling up. You know, it's like, like until someone did the four-minute mile, it was impossible and no one was like doing it. As soon as someone did the four-minute mile, like hundreds of people were doing it. Like, I mean, I don't know the exact quote on that, but like no one thought it was possible then someone did it then everyone did it. So it's like having this competitive spirit and I feel like we're going down a, a real long rabbit hole because I already have some other things I want to talk about, about com- competition and domination and all this stuff. But like, I want to... I want to dominate my competitor because I want them to be better. Because if if I'm in a specialty niche, we do we do like exotic water features and ponds and koi fish and like waterfalls in people's backyards and stuff. So if if all my competitors are delivering a shitty inferior product and that's clouding the the market that that we're providing, then you know how bad news spreads way faster than good news. So like if if I have a couple of competitors that I'm totally dominating them and they're just trashing the whole industry, then people are going to be like talking bad, like, oh, I got this waterfall. There's so much work. There's so much, they're terrible. The contractors are total pain. Like, it's not a good thing. Like, I don't want that to happen because like, I really truly believe if, if, if we all work together, the pie gets bigger. And so my slice gets bigger. And so, so many people have that scarcity mindset. They believe that the pie is only so big. And so they want to, they want to get as much pie as possible. I believe that if, if I inspire my competitor to get better and then my other competitor to get better and those two fight it out and we're all fighting, like we're all challenging each other. I come up with innovations to be better. I serve my clients better because I want to be better than them. All of a sudden, this, that's like, like the ingredients get bigger and the pie suddenly becomes larger and then there's larger pieces for everybody. And so that's what, when I'm like, I want to dominate more than I want to win. And that's, that's like my formula in my head. Well, we definitely need to do another podcast on, on that topic. So before we do get further down that road, let's jump into what this, what this podcast is about and how to, how to dominate in your business. And that is utilizing what we call the profit funnel. So it's basically just a, I know you guys can like visualize what a funnel looks like, right? You got the top, big open mouth, the bottom goes down small. And so it's just a funnel that we've dissected like that. And we're going to kind of lay out the steps for you. And just as a, as a, as a uh, go along with this podcast, we actually have a brand new free training on our website. Now, if you go to the hammerandgrind.com forward slash the profit club link, you'll be able to register and watch a free training video that we put together explaining this very thing in detail and how it can actually benefit your business. So, but on today's, you know, on this episode today, we want to kind of break it down for you and give you kind of a general overview of what it is. So Eric, what's the first step that we have to do in the profit funnel? We got to get leads in, right? Well, the funnel, let's first of all say like, you're at the bottom of the funnel right? This is the formula is you're at the bottom of the funnel and you want, you want leads and sales and money to, to drop into the bottom of the funnel to where you're catching it, like in a bucket or, or in a box or whatever you want to do, right? So the top of the funnel, you want to set it up. And so I think that what I want to tell people is the first thing is like, you were like, hey, I want the phone to ring. 
I got to do some marketing. I got to get leads into the funnel. And those funnels turn into sales and sales turn into production. The production turns into money and then I get profit at the bottom, right? So that, that's, that's the philosophy behind it. But a lot of people overlook the very first step. And that is reverse engineering what you want to make, what you need to make, what, what, like what's your ideal life look like? You know, like if, like, and, and I want to, I want to kind of like set this up because if someone just w- listened to this, like this is the very first podcast anyone ever listened to and they don't know anything about us. So the, the first thing is like most of, uh, I think, I think a great deal of our, our audience, they start as a, a craftsman, they're working for a contractor, they want to start their own business and then they start their own business and then like they don't really understand business. But they know that they know that their boss was charging seventy five bucks an hour for their time, so they're going to charge fifty bucks an hour for theirs. And so, like that that that's just the philosophy. And like they they get people to call them and they start doing things. The real, real, correct way to do it is to figure out what you want to do, what you want to make, what you want your life to be like, and that is what we call uh, a KPI. We we figure out what we want to do, and then we reverse engineer everything at the top of the funnel. Yeah. So, you know, most people think you start a new business, we got to get the phone ringing, right? We got to get leads coming in. We got to do all this stuff. But before you do that, and I don't care if you've been in business for six years, you need to, and you don't, if you don't know this, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to write this out. The first, the very first thing you have to do is figure out what you need to make, right? And that's, that's a KPI. And the KPI is just a fancy word for key performance indicator, it's just a it's just a measuring tool, right? And there's like like literally thousands of KPIs. You can measure just about anything you can possibly think of. So you're gonna the very first step is how much do I need to make? Not not so much how much do I want to make, although that is important, but sometimes what you want to make is actually less than what you need to make. Well, that's the point I was like trying to lay out is like, hey, well, I made 25 bucks an hour. I'm going to start my own business. I think I'm going to double my income. I'll make 50 bucks an hour. Like that's just a random arbitrary number. You're just making some shit up. Like literally think about like and, 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 and like throw everything out to the wind. What, what kind of lifestyle do you want to leave? How much vacation do you want to do? How many, how many kids do you want to have? How much money is that going to cost? What kind of college funds do you need to generate? What, you know, what kind of, when do you want to retire? Whether you're, whether you're 26 or 66 and you're in business and you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you should just pump the brakes, pause, and just take a four-hour session of like, where am I at now? Am I really where I want to be? And where do I want to be in a little bit in the future? And then, then, then kind of like put those pieces into play and then you can reverse engineer. And, and sometimes... We've seen it, Brad. Like we've seen it talking to some of our students. It's like we see like the 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 deer in the headlights moment when they're like, "I'm not charging enough money." Like I I thought I was making great money, but I'm not even anywhere close to where I need to make this happen. Right. So figuring out what you want to make and how you want your life to be and reverse engineering it is a really important factor just before you even get started. And and here's the thing too is like that. Every time you hire someone, that, that KPI is going to change, right? Every time you fire someone, it's going to change. Every time you buy new equipment, that's going to change. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle of changes. And if you don't look at that, if you, you, know, if you figure out 
just using hourly as an example, you can do daily or, you know, there's lots of ways you can figure it out. But let's just say you figure stuff out by the hour and you figure out that you need to make or you need to charge 80 bucks an hour, right? To, to get a profit and pay all your bills and all that stuff. And that's great. But then six months later, you buy a new truck and you're, you know, and you have a thousand dollar a month truck payment for this new truck and you don't go in and adjust that number. Now you're actually making less, right? Because you didn't, now it's not $80 an hour anymore. Now it's going to be more. And that's going to vary depending on if you have two guys or 10 guys, right? Because if you have 10 guys working, that cost may only be 25 cents an hour extra, which is negligible. But if you have two guys working, you know, that might be $2 an hour extra that you need to charge to cover that payment, right? That's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, this is when, you know, contractors start scratching their head and go like, this is more than I want to, you know, this is more than I want to do. But really like figuring out where you want to go is like, it's, it's like the best possible thing you can do for yourself. And so, you know, it's, I, th- I think too many contractors just go like, oh, I'm going to charge 50 bucks an hour. Like, oh, well, I'll charge 60 bucks now. I'll charge extra 10 bucks an hour. Like, it's a little more complex than that. It's a little bit more of a math problem than that. And so like to try and figure those things out is really important. And so I like, we could literally stay here for an hour and a half, Brad, and talk about tracking that stuff. But in, in a nutshell, that first initial top of the funnel, before you start to get the phones to ring and start to do some marketing, you really want to figure out who you are, what you want to be, how many kids you want to have, you know, what you, what you want your life to be like, what your hobbies are, what your retirement's going to look like, you know, how you want to, how you want to leave a legacy on the world, you know, like what would that look like? And then you can reverse engineer from that. And you can even throttle that down. Like maybe that's super wide, like like that super dreamy thing. And then you can throttle it down and get to a spot where you can begin, but you have to find your bare minimum, which is your break even. Like, this is what I need to live. Okay. Like I want to eat filet mignon every night, but I, but to eat top ramen, this is where I have to be. Like you have to figure out your bare minimum and then like your, your dream. And then you can, you know that if you start to bid projects below your bare minimum, then you don't get to eat top ramen tonight. Like, you know what I mean? That that's, that's in a nutshell, that's kind of the thought process behind it. So like, if you know where your dream is and where your bare minimum is, and as long as you're landing in between that and pressing the envelope to dominate and push up, this is a good understanding. This is how a scorecard begins and you know what to do. You, you got to know where you start at, right? You can't just shoot from the hip. You can't just guess at what you need to charge. So once you have that all figured out, the next step we're going to move on to is marketing, which is going to be a very important step, right? We got to get the phone to ring. And this is a multi-prong approach. You're not just going to have a website and that's it and you don't do anything else. Like that's, that's not good enough. You have to have multiple avenues of marketing that can bring in business. So the marketing aspect is very important. And if you're, if you're just starting out, like if you're brand new, you're going to have to try a few things, right? I mean, you can, there are some things that we could recommend that you start with. Like I would highly recommend a Google My Business, you know, setting up that and trying to get as many reviews as you possibly can, getting reviews from every one of your customers because reviews are super important right now. You know, you can do some Facebook stuff. Like there's certain things you can do to 
to kind of jumpstart that process. But there's also some low, low hanging fruit type things that you can do, like yard signs and you know mailers or stuff like that. But if when you're first starting out, you're just going to have to experiment and figure out what works with marketing. So part of the funnel process, I want to think about, and and this is the multi prong approach for for uh, marketing that that this just this just explains it all really. Like if you only have a website, if the bottom of your funnel is an inch and a half diameter, and you only have a website, then the top of your funnel is only an inch and a half. Okay, so then you get a truck and you put your stickers on there and you get it wrapped really sexy and, and like it's attractive and it's you got all the all the right information and all the all the right stuff's going on all of a sudden the top of the, the top of the funnel's 3 inch diameter okay 3 inch diameter is not bad but we want it to be like 30 inch diameter and that's when Brad said this is a multi prong approach right so that's when you're like, okay, I want a yard sign. So it expands a little bit. It gets a little bit bigger. And then you then you join a business network group. And then it gets a little bit bigger because you got this word of mouth expanding. And then you're actually engaging with your customers and saying, hey, thank you so much for uh, letting us work on this project. It would be really amazing if you would share some of your... Um, some of your friends with me that might be interested in our services because I'm really trying to grow my business right now. And then, then you get a couple of leads and your word of mouth expands a little bit. So the, the goal, ultimate goal is to make this funnel as the top of the funnel as wide as possible to where those leads are dropping in, right? And then you have like the phone's just ringing. You don't have to work you know, crazy hard. You just know you've done all the work, you've done all the research, you've done all the leg, you know, you've put in all the, the effort to get the phones to ring and the funnel's as wide as possible and things are falling in. And I don't think people realize that. And that's why I'm like, it's a multi-pronged approach. Like if you were stranded on a canoe in the middle of the ocean, you had no water and it started raining and you opened your mouth up, that's how big your funnel is. As wide as you can open your mouth. Raindrops coming in to get some water. But if you had some kind of, you know, like you had a piece of plastic and it was 10 feet wide and you had some poles and you could put it in the air and you could catch the water. Now you could collect it. You know, like... You got to think like that. Like this is, this is life, and this is this is your lifeline. The lifeline is how wide you make that funnel at the top. And I don't want you to just like use the shotgun approach and just throw out as as wide as you can. It's like start with an inch and a half at the bottom, inch and a half at the top, and then expand it a little bit, and expand it a little bit, and get really good at it, and expand it a little bit more, and get really solid at it, expand it. And I think that's um, that's the way I would like to see people like focus on it. Because if you get too wide and too spread thin, you're just like messy. Are you done? I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up about this. Because I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like this is like, People need to understand this. The shotgun approach is just a mess. You're getting all these leads in that don't that are, they don't qualify. No, I'm not done. I'm going to keep going. Like you want quali- asking. Yeah, you want qualified leads. So like you want to be thoughtful about it. You know, just shotgun. This this is not a shotgun approach. This is tactical, strategic. It's your turn, Brad. So there, there's really two. There's two ways you can do marketing. One is very fast and effective and, and quick growth. And the other is very slow growth, right? The quick growth is you start a business or even if you, it doesn't matter where you're at, but you just say, you just drop like 50 grand into an entire marketing campaign. 
right? A, a, a saturation, a blitzkrieg, whatever you want to call it. And you like get billboards and vehicle wraps and direct mail. Like you just drop $50,000 on marketing and everyone in the city knows your business is on the map, right? Like that's the quickest way to get market recognition. It's also the most expensive way. And most of us don't have an extra 50 grand just laying around to drop on marketing, especially if you're brand new in the business. So the other way is to do the slow and methodical approach, which is, you know, slow growth, which is actually healthier only because you, you know, if you do a $50,000 drop on, on marketing, you might get, you know, 50 phone calls in one week. And if you can't handle that, if you can't handle that lead influx, then you're going to, you're actually going to have a bad reputation, right? So you got to be able to scale that if you do it. But for most people, most contractors starting out, you know, they, they get a crappy website, their cousin uh, makes it for them or their wife or whatever, does it on the side. It's not very good. They start a Facebook page for their business and like, that's all they do. And then, you know, and then they go maybe become a subcontractor for somebody else to try and get some extra income. But you have to use your slow time. You know, maybe you're only working three days a week because you don't have that much work. Those other two days you should be spend, spending on marketing, like marketing efforts. Like you got to spend a, bu- a bunch of time early on in marketing. And it takes about six years, five to six years as kind of an industry standard before you really start to get like a true market recognition, right? Before they almost like the phone starts ringing on its own and you are able to get leads without putting a lot of effort in. Right. And that, that, that can change. It can be three years. It can be seven years, but r- roughly around five years is the mark. So for the first five years in your business, you better be hustling with your marketing. You better be figuring out a way that's going to generate leads and like hitting a multi-prong approach. Right. And, and I know you may have something else to say that, but the next step that we're going to get to in a second is going to help you identify what works. So do you have anything else, Eric, on marketing? Are you done? Well, maybe. Depends <laughs> on what you say. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we, we all know marketing is a vehicle that drives leads to us. And it's important. I just, I just wanted it to have the visual of understanding the funnel needs to be wide. But, and we don't want to, like Brad said, just spend 50 grand and doosh, the top of the freaking funnel is super wide, right? Like, that's not necessarily the best thing. Because as he said, if you get too much coming in, you can't handle it. But like, and, and... You, you don't necessarily know what's working unless you're really tracking it, which is what we're going to talk about next. But like, if you're very methodical about it, you can track like, you can try a campaign out and then see what kind of audience it tracks. And then you can go, oh, that wasn't what I expected. You can make an adjustment. Like, so that's, that's the importance of the stuff. So, but, but the, the true and tried way is to expand the top of the funnel through marketing as fast as as fast and as, as methodical as possible to attract the leads in that are your ultimate avatar, your ultimate customer, you get them into the next step of the funnel. Yeah. And I want to say one last thing on marketing. And that is, if you dominate in your marketing, it makes it 10 times easier to dominate in your sales, right? If, you're, if your marketing is super weak, it's going to be harder in your sales process to sell the person. You see what I'm saying? So top of the funnel, we want to dominate that first. We want to dominate the marketing. 
And a lot of that for longevity, and we've talked about this before, starts with branding. And when you create a very strong brand, and I'm not going to get into branding today, but if you create a very strong brand in terms of longevity, it will create a dominating business as far as marketing goes. You will establish yourself as a market leader based on your branding. So the next step of the funnel, remember we started with a KPI at the top where we're tracking like what we want to make, what we want to do, reverse engineer our lifestyle and what we want to do. And then we, then we build our marketing around that. And then sometimes the marketing, depending on your team, you know, you, you would base your marketing around your strategy, right? And then once you establish your marketing, then we set up another KPI, another, another measuring tool to track how our marketing is working. And I said it before, and I want to say it again, and I hope this doesn't sound redundant, but again, if, you, if this is the first time you're ever hearing this podcast, Hammer and Grant podcast, it's like, can you imagine building a custom home without a tape measure? I mean, like, sure, it's possible. Like, I'm sure Brad and I could get it done. I mean, I, I have no doubt Brad and I could build a, a custom home without a tape measure, but it would take a heck of a long time. Like, we would be old and dying before it got done. And it would be, it, you know, there might be a couple of imperfections with it. We'd call it character, right? To, to, but, but the problem is, like, if you're building a business and you don't, you don't have a KPI, which is your true measuring tool, you're just prolonging and like, taking forever to get something done, we can, we can measure and, and make things like expedite your success level. So after marketing, we set up another KPI and we track marketing. We want to know how the people found us, not only just the website, but maybe the truck, but maybe the yard sign. We want to, we want to like really have a good understanding of the marketing pieces that, they, that, that captured this client. Right, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want to know like what's working. Where are we getting our leads from? Because if we know where the leads are coming from, now we can double down on that. Like, I'm not a big fan of yard signs. I'll just tell you right now, I don't like yard signs. Do they work? Yes, they do work. But the effort and the uh, reward for me is not great enough. And me personally, I hate it. Every time my HVAC company comes and services my house and I go outside, there's a freaking sign stuck in my yard. And they didn't ask me if they could put it there, right? And it just drives me nuts. Like it annoys me that they do that and they don't ask me. So there are other people out there like that. So if yard signs are not doing very well, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time and energy on that. But I don't know that if I don't track it, right? If I'm tracking it and I do, if I use yard signs and I track it and I start getting, you know, four calls a week from yard signs, well, I may just suck it up and start buying yard signs if that's working, even though I don't like it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so the for tracking sure. tells you that. So part part of the thing is like this was really, really interesting about different industries, right? And having a coach to kind of help you through this, right? So an HVAC company, a yard sign, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a really great I don't know if that's a great move. Maybe it works. I don't know, but I bet you I can almost rest assure you that a company that is landscaping in the front yard and there's a yard sign and it says like, we did this yard. Like I'm just speaking really general. You're driving by, you see this beautiful yard. You're like, holy cow, look at this amazing plantings and all this stuff. Look at that. Like, wow, look at the nightscape lighting. And there's a sign that says, 
we did this front yard, call now. And like, and there's a phone number, you're like, I want my yard to look like that, right? So that might be a really powerful thing, right? Or if it's like windows, like, and so you see the front of the house, you're like, wow, look at these beautiful windows. Like if there's some context to it, hardscaping, concrete driveways, you know, stamped, whatever, like that yard sign might have a whole lot more impact because it has the front of the home to be the product. But if it's like, hey, we, we redid the kitchen in this house, you know, like such and such constructions, it's like, oh, cool, good for you. Like it doesn't, doesn't move me. But when I see a beautiful front yard with nightscape lighting, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I really, I'm blown away by that. I can see it. I can touch it. I can open my car door, walk the landscape, smell the flowers. Like I want to be part of this. That, that's when that becomes more popular. But the only way you really know this is through tracking. And so from b- us having all the different members and all the different trades and all the in different industries, we have this kind of data to share with people. So uh, but like that's why Brad doesn't like that kind of thing. I'm a landscape guy, so the yard signs work better for me than Brad who's doing interior bathrooms and stuff like that. So you would never have that kind of information and those statistics in the context unless... You actually ask the person who's calling you like, hey, how did you find out about our company? I would really love to have this information so I can, I can track my marketing dollars. Do you mind giving me some information? They're going to want to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... And the thing about yard signs too is, you know, a lot of contractors, like now with Facebook groups, there's, there's tons of contractor Facebook groups. And so you join one and somebody, what do you do? Somebody gets on there and they go, hey guys, I just started my business. What type of marketing do you do? And the guy gets on there who's a landscape guy. He's like, oh, I use yard signs. They work awesome. I use yard signs all the time. And this guy is a electrician, right? He's <laughs> exactly. Asking, that's what I'm saying. It's like, a perfect you, you example. Know, perfect. So if you're not tracking that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying things. I've tried things like I, I hate those stupid print, you know, magazines. They go, hey, we're going to send out a magazine to this golf community and you can be the exclusive member and we'll have an article written about you and blah, blah, blah. And it's only $600 for, you know, six months. I've tried that crap. It doesn't work. And so... But you can try stuff to see what does work. Maybe it'll work in your industry. Maybe it works for you in your neighborhood. Until you try it, you won't know. Yeah, that, that was a good rendition. That was a good example of like, hey, I, I checked this group. He said yard signs were amazing. I'm going to go all in on yard signs. It's like, but, but sometimes we're so in the moment, we're so in the bubble, we're so close to the, so close to it, we can't step outside and see, see really what's happening. So like if electricians taking advice from a landscaper about getting yard signs, it's like a really bad mix. But, but if he was tracking it with through a KPI, through a measuring tool, he would have a really good understanding of it. So that's, that's a great spot. So take us to the next spot of the funnel, which is probably like my favorite. Yeah. Obviously the most important thing, once you get the lead in is you got to sell the job, right? You got to, you got to close them and you got to turn that into profit. So you know, we're not going to get into on this episode about the profit sales system, but obviously there's multi-pronged step to selling. And, you know, as you can imagine, you may get 20 leads come in for a week, only 10 of them are really what you do. And so you kind of, you know, you get down to like five or six potential quality leads and then you got to sell them. So how do we sell them, Eric? Give them the the, the 30,000 foot view. 
So, I mean, look, there's all different ways of selling. I mean, if, if I just started my business, I'd probably run out and, and get a phone call, be like, hey, I'm coming over to talk to you right now. I want to meet you in person and show you how cool I am. You know, like that's how most contractors start. But, you know, I mean, that, that formula leads us to a pretty rough spot where we get crazy cycle and we're like running around every night chasing, you know, potential leads and stuff. So, and like sales is really dynamic. I mean, we could talk for hours on this, this one topic, but really you want to get into a system. You want to understand the psychology. You understand like why they want to buy. And, and unfortunately, the way we learned as craftsmen, I did myself personally. I, I'm going to speak for Brad too. Like he learned it the same way. Like you'd meet with a person, you'd be like, I'm really good at what I do. I won this award. Everyone in my neighborhood loves my stuff. I've been doing this for 15, 20 years and um, I got a lot of experience. And like, it's almost like you're in a freaking interview. Like that's how it used to get done like 50 freaking years ago. That's not how it gets done anymore. You don't have to tell the people how long you've been doing it. You know why? Because they already freaking know. They have social media. They've checked out your website. They've seen your so they've seen you on Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. So they they already kind of vetted you. So for you to go in and start talking about how amazing and all these awards you won, like it's it's pointless. At that point, they've already been like, Hey, this guy's probably pretty good. I think he's a good fit for me. I'm gonna call him up. And then they just want you to listen to him. But you're running your freaking mouth and like it's a disaster. So understanding the psychology of sales, understanding like how to do all this stuff, it's like it's paramount to understand we're like literally an S-curve switch in the way people sell today. Like right now as we talk right now on this podcast. You'll have to explain that later about the S-curve because I'm not tracking you on that. But there is a, there is a shift coming in the industry. And if you're on the leading edge of that, I think that's what you mean by the S-curve. If you're on the leading edge of that, you will be dominating in sales. You will be dominating your competition because when they call your competition and the competition says, yeah, I'll run right on out there and give you a free estimate. And then they call you and you're like, hey, uh, we have a process that we follow and our customers love it. You're going to love it. This is it, X, Y, Z. We talk on the phone. You stand out as someone who is very good at your job and your business and what you do. And that's the, the differentiating factor of what we teach on the sales process is that you will stand out like no one else. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the part of it. It's like that we, we have totally different change. Like we're a completely different world the way contractors should be communicating with people. The problem is, you know, most of the old timers, and I, I, I view myself as an old timer. I really do. I think if I was like 10 years different than I am now, I probably would never have made the switch, right? To where you, you, you're not, you're, you're really selling the person as an interview style instead of interviewing like you're trying to be the one to get hired instead of like, okay, let me see if I want you to, if I want to work for you. It's a totally different switch. In the past, people would call you and you're like, I got to tell them how awesome I am. So they hire me. Today, we set it up to be like, is this the right person for us? Can we make the right margins? Will they, you know, it, am I going to be able to you know, make them happy? Those kind of things. It's, it's a totally different way we change things. So the S-curve is happening where we're, where it, the, all the contractors are learning this, are going to like fly to the top and dominate all their competition. So, I mean, it's very different if I called Brad right now and said, 
hey, listen, I got your information. I checked you up online and I, I'd like you to, I'd like you to come out and give me an estimate. And Brad goes straight into like, well, you know, it's a good thing you called me. I've been doing this for many, many years. Won a lot of awards and like, that's how it used to get done. You, you know, I could probably make exactly what you want to happen and I'll give you a bunch of cool ideas to blow your freaking mind. Like that's how contractors used to work. But today it's to be like, hey, man, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Uh, how'd you find out about me? Oh, Google. Okay, cool. Yeah, Google's amazing. Well, so cool. Well, listen, why don't you tell me a little bit about your project and, and how you're hoping I can help you? Like the, the whole switch changes. Like that, that opener just changes. You shut your mouth, you open them up, let them talk. Like, so, I mean, it's, I, I don't even, I feel like we could talk for 40 more minutes. I know we've been going a long time already, but understanding sales and what to say, when to say it, when to shut up and how to get the people to open up. Because that's a really important thing, Brad. I want to talk about that. I want you to really talk about that because most contractors don't know how to get the client to open up. They're, they're so much in the fact of running their mouth that they don't know how to get the client to open up. And when you when they do realize they need to shut the hell up and listen to the client, they don't even know what to ask the client to get the client to open up and tell them what's happening. There's so much there. I'm not going to do that on this podcast, Eric. That, that just, that'd be like a three-hour podcast. Maybe they could just join the group and then they would learn all that stuff. Well, at least at least a free group and get a little teasers. I mean that but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's it's so detailed. It's but but here's the thing, Brad. It's so freaking simple. It is. It's so it's very simple. It's so stupid simple. You know those puzzles when you like you play with this puzzle for like an hour and a half and you're trying to figure out how to get the ball to spin around and go into the thing and like and not have the knot open up and you're like, oh I don't know what to do. And then someone walks up and just spins it and all of a sudden the balls are where they need to be and the puzzle's solved and you're like, it took two seconds. I've been struggling it for two and a half hours. It's exactly what the profit sales system is. Exactly. Once you have someone that shows you the way, then it's it's like almost like it's so stupid, it's easy. It's so it's so easy, it's stupid. But so we got one more step we got to cover before we close out here. So the last step after sales, it's because you sold the job and you're going to produce it. You're not done yet. You still need a job cost it. And you need a job cost every single job. I don't care if it's the exact same job. You need the job cost every single job. And job costing is simply how much did it cost to make it? How much were the material? Like that's part of the, the cost of goods sold, your labor and materials, and how much profit did we make? Right. And we're going to look and see did we make the target gross profit or target profit that we wanted to make based on our first KPI. Because we need to know how much we need to make to get our goals, and if we're if we're good, then good. We know that that job is sold perfect. If we're not good, if we were short, we got to look and see what happened. Was it a production overrun? Was it weather? Was it, you know, the client was difficult? Were there change orders? Did we underbid it? You know, what 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 was the problem? We got to figure out what that problem is, and then make adjustments there. It's 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 every single piece of the puzzle is super critical. And this one's probably the most critical because I think that, well, I, here's the, this is what's interesting, Brad. It just hit me in the face right now. I feel like I'm going to get a black eye in the morning. The top KPI and the bottom KPI, the in, intro and the, and the outro, they're the, really the most important pieces. 
Because at the top, you need to go like, who am I and what do I want to do in my life? What kind of what kind of legacy will I leave for my family? Where do I want to be? Right? And everything in between is where everyone gets stuck. Everyone thinks they're doing good. Everyone thinks they're an amazing salesman. Everyone thinks they got their marketing on lock and the funnel's perfect. And like that's where you get so caught up in the chaos and the crazy cycle that you don't realize you didn't track who you are and where you want to be. And at the very end of the cycle, the bottom of the funnel before the profit trickles into your bucket, like, is it the right amount that I need? So it's the beginning and the end of the funnel that's the most critical pieces. Every, every, every other contractor that is out here that's kind of like scratching their head and don't know where they're at, they're stuck in the middle of the funnel, like bouncing off the walls. It's the beginning and the end that give you the critical, important data to help you make adjustments to, to make you land where you actually want to be. Maybe we should have called it like the profit sandwich and then had like the KPIs as the buns. Yeah, that'd be good. Dude, I love tomatoes. I love tomatoes. I want a big old fat tomato in the middle. Literally. The problem is like you out in California, it wouldn't work for you vegans because you wouldn't have any buns on there or it wouldn't have any meat. I mean, it'd just be like a bun sandwich. <laughs> no, on, on my sandwich, I'd have like roast beef and a little slice of chicken, some turkey, <laughs> like pastrami. I'd have all kinds of stuff in my sandwich. So uh, one thing I want to say as far as the job costing, we actually have a free job costing tool on our website as well. And it's it's not like super complicated, guys. We like to keep it simple. Can you make it more complicated? Absolutely. You, you can make everything more complicated. But it's, it's basically like, how much was my labor? How much was my materials? How much did I sell the job for? And then whatever's left over is how much profit you made, right? It's a very simple tool. You can get that at hammerandgride.com forward slash job costing. So I think unless you got something else to add to that, Eric, I think we, we got that. All right. Well I wish I wish we could like draw pictures right now and let them know. But if you wanted if you wanted to see the pictures of the profit funnel, you can check it out. If you visit uh, hammerandgrind.com and you look over down at the menu bar it says the profit club, we really have a good explanation of like the profit funnel, the crazy cycle and all that fun stuff. So it'd be a good place to go if like you're kind of scratching your head and not knowing what's going on. But I, we're, we're really hoping like Brad and I, like our, our goal, our mission here is to help contractors get out of this cycle because we've gone through it. We know what it's been like. That's our whole mission behind this crazy coaching thing that we just decided to like out of the blue do. And uh, it's become like this really fun, amazing like side hustle for us. Like we don't even need to do it. It's just like fun. And so, like, it's been uh, it's been a fun adventure for that. So, anyways, with that being said, you can shoot on over and check on the, the little more detail on the profit funnel if you want to see some pictures and kind of understand that and look for resources on our website. But other than that, like, we are so thankful that you've reached out and listened to our podcast. It would mean the world to us if you share the podcast with some other contractors because you know, ninety six percent of contractors fail within the first ten years. And we want to reduce that statistic drastically. And you can uh, help in changing that statistic by sharing the podcast. So that's it for the day. Until the next download, we hope you guys are crushing it out there and uh, taking care of your families. 